This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. Today's Shabbat message is from Psalm chapter 119 by myself. Feel free to check us out on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You will find other Shabbat messages archived there along with show notes for the messages. There are also blog posts written by my dad, Warren. And there are also links to our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I put up there little things like when the new moon is started, uh, cited, as well as messages that are uh, posted and things like that. So enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Okay, so if you want to turn to Psalms 119, chapter 119, and we're going to be, we're going to start out in verse 97. I feel like I spend a lot of time time in the Psalms, which I do, but that's okay. I like them. I, I just, I, I enjoy the, um, I don't know, the, the lyrical flow, maybe because I used to do so much music and they're meant to be set to music and our songs, but they're so, so good, so much truth, and so uh, Psalm 119 here is, uh, it's so um, interesting to me because it's all about the Torah, and um, that never dawned on me until getting into quote, the quote-unquote messianic movement and realizing that almost every verse in here is all about uh, God's word and his Torah and uh, paths of righteousness and how it's to change our lives and how it affects the way we think and it, affect, it is our heritage and guides how we live and what we like and dislike and who we spend our time with. And, um, and so I just enjoy so much the Psalms and how they delve into, as all the Bible does, obviously, but every aspect of life. And it's not just the mechanical sides of life, but it's, it's the, you know, what makes you who you are, your thoughts, your heart, your uh, desires, what drives you, and, and, and that's all laid out here, um, you know, by David, and it's just a beautiful thing, uh, and that's what I love so much about the Psalms and about David and his writings and his life, and he was just, one, the epitome of, you know, a warrior man, king, and he was awesome in that respect, but he was also, you know, wrote these beautiful songs, and you see these just intense highs and lows in his life that he dealt with and he went through, uh, yet still relied on God through it all, and God brought him through it all. And so it's just, he, his life and his story is incredible. And these uh, psalms are incredible. So we're going to go, we're going to start in verse 97, and we're going to see if we get through the, the whole chapter. 
Um, my plan is just to kind of go through it section by section uh, and um, talk about different verses. So we'll pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day, for your word, for the truth of it, that it sustains us and guides us throughout life, uh, that you don't leave us uh, lost to wander on our own, but you've given us your truth and it is settled forever. And I thank you for that, that it is trustworthy and reliable and, um, and, and that it gives us security and salvation. So I just ask that you would uh, speak to us now today through your word uh, on this Shabbat and Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. All right, so we'll get into this. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how, uh, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. For I have more understanding than all my teachers, and for thy, testi for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understood more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And I don't know if your guys' Bible does it, but um, Psalm 19 is broken into, 119 is broken into sections with every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then each line or each verse so, like, we're in the section Mem right there, 97 through 104. It starts out with a Mem word, which doesn't show up in the English, obviously. But in Hebrew, it's a very poetic, and it's, um, I guess you could say rhyming, but it's, it's a very poetic uh, uh, psalm that goes through every letter of the alphabet, and each section starts out with that letter starting each verse. And it's, it's, really, it's really neat to see in the Hebrew. Um, if you can read it, which I can't really. I stumble through a little bit, but that's about it. But anyways, I, I, so what I, what I found fa fascinating about this section is it we've got this idea that it's, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And, and so we have this idea that it's in his mind all the time. You know, it's, it's that which guides him, and he's thinking about it. And it's not meditating like, you know, has been skewed in our culture with somebody sitting there with their legs funny crossed and making weird hand gestures, you know, sticking them out in the air somewhere. That's not what this idea is. And even when it talks about, um, I think, I think it talks about Jacob, maybe when it comes back with, um, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, when Isaac was out in the field and Eliezer comes back with, uh, Rebecca, <laughs> I screw these names up all the time. And he's out in the field, it says he's out in the field meditating. Well, he wasn't meditating, he's praying is what he was doing. Or he's just contemplating and thinking about God. And so this idea of meditation is not some weird mystic thing. Um, uh, there is that aspect of it that's been co-opted by the world and, 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 and for evil. But he meditates in God's word. It is my meditation. And so, so should it be our meditation, that which consumes our thoughts and guides us in how and what we do. And then he goes on and says, through thy commandments, thou hast made me wiser than mine enemies. So we have this foundational core understanding, this guidebook to life that gives us wisdom. And you see that so much in today's day and age that because there's just you know, less and less of God's word in the culture and in the world, there's less and less wisdom. And so 
there's no boundaries. There's no foundation. There's no structure to guide the way people think, what they do, what they say. And so anything goes. And, and uh, you know, and people will say, well, my heart guides me. Well, we know what your heart looks like. It's, you know, terribly black and no man can know it. So that's not a good way to guide yourself. You know, it's not good. And um, so then he goes on and says, I, in verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. So it's this meditation. It gives him understanding. And he says in 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy prospects. So this, you have this idea that it's this meditation. So he ponders it. He understands, it gives him understanding. Because of this pondering, it gives him a basis from which to evaluate everything in his life and to look at all these things. But then he takes action with it. He doesn't just like think about it, contemplate it, and then go about his merry way. He takes action. He implements it into his life. And he says, I understand because I keep thy precepts. So it's not an either-or thing. You have to have contemplation, meditation, understanding, and then you have to put it into action. And when you put things into, it's kind of like you can theorize about something, like you're going to build something, right? And you theorize what's going to happen. But then when you actually build it, it gives you insight into what you were theorizing, right? And so if you don't take action on God's word, you don't, you're not going to really fully understand the implications of everything and what it all involves and talks about. And so this action that he takes, this keeping the precepts, gives him understanding more from the ancients. And he continues to take action in 101. He says, I've refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. So he has to stay, he has to take conscious action. He has to put effort into how he lives and what he does so that he can uh, keep God's word. I've not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. So you have this, this dichotomy, this uh, two sides almost, where through thy precepts I get understanding. So he meditates on them, he takes action, he gets understanding through them. And because of that, he hates every false way because it's what falseness is the other path. It's the tree of the knowledge of evil. It is that which departs from God's word and only leads to destruction. And so, you know, he, he hates it because it just leads to destruction. And so, you know, and that's what evil is. It's not a, you know, it's not an okay thing to dabble in. It's something that should repulse us as God's people. So let's go on to the next section, 105. This is section number none. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it and I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Yehovah, according to thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Yehovah, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in mine hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. So... Verse 105, we'll back up at the beginning. So the, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto the path. Again, it's that, that is the directive that, the prime directive, that gives us uh, a, well, it gives us the path. They are the cycles of righteousness. But it's also 
interestingly, that which illuminates it or shows us how to walk it out. And so, um, like we were talking earlier, Ryan, there's some people that say like, well, you know, you, you can keep the Torah, but you have to have the rabbis that tell you how to walk it out. Like it's, you know, this, because they'll tell you. And, and, and it's almost the same thing in the Christianity end of the spectrum. They'll say, you know, you can't understand the Bible without the rabbis, or you can't understand the Bible without going to Bible college because it's just too much. And you, but it's, uh, the, the word is a lamp and a light unto my path. It, it is the path, but it also tells us how to do it. It's not rocket science. As Moses says, it's not up in heaven that who will go up and, and get it for us. And it's not across the sea who will bring it back to us. It's nigh unto your lips that you may live it and teach it to your children that you may have long lives and dwell in the land. It's, you know, it was, it was meant for simple people to live it out in their regular everyday agrarian lifestyles. It's just we're so far departed from that. So messed up in our thought processes, we don't have good understanding because we don't meditate in God's word that we don't know even how to comprehend it. And so that's why you have to be born again. You need a new spirit within you that is God's spirit, which then can open up your mind, right? And explain these things to you that when you read his word, it can transform you and then you can live it out and then it shines the light onto that path that you're walking so you can navigate these things. I don't know. I just think it's awesome. So 106, I've sworn and will perform it. I will keep thy righteous judgment. So he's serious about this. He's taking a vow. 107, I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Yahweh, according to thy word. Meaning it gives him life. It gives him the energy, the power, the desire to do his word. And then he says in 108, Except I beseech thee thy free will offerings of my mouth, O Yahweh. Teach me thy judgment. So these free will offerings, it's this praise that he gives unto God. And um, they're compared unto offerings, those things that go up unto God. Um, yeah, it's interesting. O Lord, teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in mine hand, yet I do not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. So there's going to be those who are going to try to attack him, try to bring him down. And he's going to stick on the path anyway. You know, he's walking along the path and it's giving him a light. But there's snares. But God protects him from that. And he doesn't, he doesn't uh, err from doing what is right. And then I love this part. 111, thy testimony have I taken as a heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. And I just think that's so cool. So we, because we have, you know, we often talk about, or I think about, you know, your heritage, your family heritage, your cultural heritage, your national heritage. And that's a, basically a way of, of summing up and describing who you are as a person, where you've come from, everything that builds up to where and what you are and why you, you do what you do and what you hold dear and the holidays you celebrate and the things you eat and all these things, right? That's your heritage that you're given that's given to you and passed down from your forefathers. And so he says, thy testimonies has I, have I taken as a heritage. So he is grabbed a hold of God's word, his testimonies. And one of the first places you see the word testimony is the ark of the testimony. It is that which holds the word of God. And so, and it's borne out beautifully when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they left everything they were, their old culture, their old ways, whatever they were, they were, they, that all stayed in Egypt and they came out into the wilderness and they were 
born again as a new nation, right? And then they were given these testimonies. They were given uh, these precepts. They were given a heritage now that defined who they were, the days they worked, how they worked, how they treated other, each other, their animals, where they went to the bathroom, you know, they're tied in, all these things. And so that has become their heritage. Just like us, it's become our heritage because I don't know about you guys, but as the more you kind of get into and this walk of living out, trying to live out, a biblical life and do it, one, the more frustrating I almost feel like it becomes because, because we're strangers and sojourners in a foreign land. You don't continue to have your social identity embedded in whatever nation you find yourself living in because you are now an Israelite. You are grafted in. You have a new heritage, right? You have new holidays, new festivals, new work schedule, new way that you do. You know, it changes the, uh, the rotation of your life and the orbit of your life. You revolve around a different set of values and principles. And so you end up having conflict with the rest of the world around you just by nature. And, um, but it's an awesome thing because the word of God was meant to be lived out in the land and uh, with the priesthood. And so when you're outside the land, it's, you know, you, you can't live it out as it was intended, you know. And God knew that. And that's part of the punishment of the exile. We forget that we're, we're in time out. We're grounded. We're, to be in exile is punishment. It's not a good place to be, you know. Y- yes, are we here right now? Yes. Has God willed it? Yes. He willed them to be in Babylon. He said they're going to be there 70 years. They said build houses, plant gardens, uh, but the time to leave is going to come. And so that's where we're at, you know. Hopefully the time to leave is going to be really quick. But, you know, until that time, here we are. But understanding that this is not where we're supposed to be. God has allowed it, has used it, but he's starting to draw his people out and that has to start in the hearts and the minds and so you first have to have this uh you have to have that new heritage right so that you even realize that you're out of place if you don't you just stay where you are you know but you know i don't want to be here i want to be where that that country that land where uh you can that is designed to be living out god's word you know with people who want to do that. So, then he says in one i I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes. So he takes action. Again, he inclines his heart where all the seat of desire and emotions and things stem forth from. He inclines his heart. He puts into action his will to uh, perform his statutes always, even unto the end. I just, and I love that part because, it, I mean, you know David's life, you know. I've never fled from my life. I've not had to slept in a, sleep in a cage, cave. I've never done hand-to-hand combat with swords and all kinds of craziness. Like, his life was far more extreme and rugged and uh, intense than mine probably ever will. And he says, I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes even unto the end because... You know, the end was very real for him, you know, when he was having to survive and on the run. 
All right, next section here, 113 to 120, Samach. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, evil doers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I will be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for the fear of thee, and I am afraid, uh, afraid of thy judgments. So it's interesting, you have again, he has this, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Vanity, you know, it's, it's those things with, vanity, vanity is all is vanity. In other words, it amounts to nothing. These vain thoughts, he hates them, that, that produce no fruit, don't produce works of righteousness, but he loves the law of God. Thou art my hiding place, my shield. I hope in thy word. You know, it's so interesting he says that. Because he really had a shield, and he really did hide in places. And he says that God it was his hiding place and shield. It was really him who protects him. And his hope was in his word, that lasting truth that guides him. And he says, depart from me, evil doers, I will keep the commandments of God. Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live. Hold thou me up. Thou hast trodden me down. Uh, let's see. And then he says, my flesh trembleth for fear of thee. And I am afraid of thy judgments in 120. I find that fascinating. You know, there's a healthy fear that he has of God. Again, there, again, you know, you see this contrasted with a complete lack of fear of anything in our culture. You know, there's no fear of uh, reprisal for any wrongdoing that anybody does. You know, there's no judgment-free zones or whatever you want to call them. There's no consequences for anything. But he knows that there's consequences for wrongdoing. And so he's afraid and there is a fear, and he's afraid of thy judgments, because they will be enacted. Um, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but he also reaps where he didn't sow. So, you know, God is king over all. All right, let's keep going. 121, I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be sturdy for thy servant, for good hope, and let not the proud oppress me. My eyes fail for thy salvation. For the word of thy righteousness. You'll see in here that he talks about this. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation. And in other places it talks about him hoping um, for salvation. Oh, I forget what that is. That might be coming up. But I find it interesting because that word salvation is Yeshua, the name for Yeshua. So I believe that he did have this looking forward, lasting hope of salvation. This Messiah, the Savior that would come. And who would be the one that would set things in order and make things right and redeem his people. For, because even though, you know, David eventually has an under Solomon, the kingdom at peace, you know, it's a united kingdom. It's not divided yet. They have the biggest amount of land. They've uh, conquered their enemies. Like, the kingdom is at its pinnacle under, under David and then Solomon. But he still is looking for... lasting salvation, you know, because all those things are, yes, done by God, but enacted by man, and so he knows it's not the final culmination of what the kingdom needs to be, you know, God needs to be on the throne, because, you know, originally God didn't even plan 
to have a king. You know, the people wanted a king, and so he gave him a king, but it didn't go that well for him because of that. So he knows all these things, and so he's hoping for uh, salvation. Point 124, deal with thy servant according to thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant, give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. So I, I, I love how here he says, you know, show him mercy, teach me thy statutes, give me understanding. So he knows that there's something that God has to do. Even though he's saying, I will meditate on his word, I will get understanding, I will act them out to have understanding, he, he knows that there's understanding that only can come from God. And so he's asking for that. Give me understanding and uh, teach me thy statutes. So I think that's something we all need to do. Um, I know my own life. You know, because it's like, you know how you'll, I've talked about this before, you'll read through passage in one time and you read it again and something else pops out and you learn something else and, and something will pop in your head and it's like, where did that come from? And I think it's part of God and his spirit, you know, slowly teaching us, slowly working on us and molding us into his image. And as that process uh, comes along, more and more develops and it's like, you know, we're probably only ready for certain things at certain times that he can then do and use and because of circumstances and our own sin or lack thereof. And so, but, but the, the point being to be in that position where you at least want to be taught, you know, that, that hum, humble state and that humble spirit is really important. 126, uh, or uh, 125. I know I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. 26. It is time for the Yahuwah to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I, here we go. And I hate every false ways. So he's hating a lot of stuff here, which I like that. <laughs> it is okay to hate evil and to hate certain things because it's bad and leads to destruction. And there is right and wrong, you know. And so, you know, it's okay to hate things, you know. This idea of, no, oh, hate's a strong word. Yeah, it is a strong word. And it's a strong word for a reason. Because there are things that God hates. Because they, they only lead to destruction. It's like when I tell my kids, you know, I hate when you do that. Because, you know, it is something that I know is not going to benefit them. It's not because I just don't like them. You know, it's, this isn't a like thing. It's... You're trying to teach them things so that they can have a successful life and have an easy life and a beneficial life and things that go well. And so you hate, you know, the wicked things. So he hates every false way. Um, and then I like in 20, 126, it's time for thee, O Yehovah, to work, for they've made void thy law. Boy, I feel that way a lot of times these days. It's like, where, where are you, God? What are you doing? What more is it going to take before lightning neck belts rain from the sky, you know? But he has his timing and understanding and, uh, and knows, he knows all these things, you know? That's the one consoling uh, thing is that, you know, God's not sitting up there, you know, not knowing what's going on. He knows what's going on and he will act when it's time. <sighs> One twenty nine, thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doth my soul keep them. You know, 
I love that. Thy testimony. Again, 119, Psalm 119, it's all about, you know, the Torah. And all the things he says about the Torah, it's like, how can the Torah be done away with if it's wonderful? How can it be a burden if it's wonderful? How can it be light and life and a path and righteousness and all these good things, but not be at the same time? You know, because it is all those things. It's not a burden. It's good. 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light and giveth understanding unto the simple. 131, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Thou looked upon me, uh, thou, look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as thou used to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I love that, how he, he asks God to order his steps, you know. He knows he has to meditate. He knows he has to take on action. He knows it gives him understanding. knows it gives him light, but he still is asking, you know, order my steps, God. Guide me. You know, lead me. De- 134, deliver me from the oppression of man. So will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. You know, when you see you know, the fallout and the consequences and the destruction from not keeping God's word. It's a, it's a horrible thing. I mean, you know, it was like, I think I've talked about this, but like last, last year, 2018, the number one cause of death in the entire world was abortion. 40 million point something abortions. You know, so it was more deaths by abortion than every other cause of death combined worldwide. You know, how do you even wrap your head around that? I mean, we tried to figure out, like, you know, geographically how much area that if you just nuked it, it'd be like if you nuked New England and the East Coast, like, all the way down to D.C. And just wiped it out. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. You know, so that's like, that's why rivers of water run down my eyes, because they keep not thy law. And again, when you, when you start to chip away at the foundations of God's word and God's law and start to say, well, that was for a certain section of time, or that's ceremonial, or you start to put these constructs on it that the Bible never does. You have to keep <laughs> to what the Bible says. You can you can slice and dice it into anything you want, you know. And you get anesthetized to the ramifications and the fallouts for your individual little actions and your individual little life that you individually do in your little home behind closed doors that nobody sees that doesn't impact anybody else until forty million people are getting killed. That's the way it goes. There is no, you know, well, they're just doing it in their own home. It's not affecting everybody else. Everything everyone does affects everyone else globally and the universe physically because there's physics involved. I like physics. <laughs> you know, because it says in, the, in Noah, the earth was filled with violence because of the wickedness of mankind on it. 
you know. Is there global warming? I don't really care, but if there is, it's because of the wickedness and sinfulness of mankind, not because of, you know, we need to save the earth. You know, I'm all for doing what's right, but, but we need to go back to God's ways first. And then all these things would fall in line naturally in and of themselves. You know, it's because we're wretchedly wicked and don't want to look at ourselves and take any responsibility for anything that we do in our own lives. And we blame everything on everything else. And then wonder why God won't save and heal us. You know, there's, there's consequences for sin. You know, yes, God forgives. And yes, God saves. But there are still consequences for sin. You know, you can't, even if you're living in, in uh, the kingdom of, you know, during under, uh, David's reign, and you steal a guy's ox, you know, you, could, you're, you may be a saved and a believer and in the kingdom and die and go to heaven, but you still, there's consequences for stealing somebody's ox. And so there's consequences for sin. There's fallout. All right, let's keep going. 137. Righteous art thou, O Yehovah. Upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and ever faithful. My zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I'm small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. So, I love that verse. I'm small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. In other words, because it's really, and maybe this is just me, it's, like, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm small, I'm insignificant, I'm despised. You know, why is it, what's any of it matter anyway? You know, you start throwing a pity party for yourself. And he says, no, I may be small and despised, but I'm not going to forget thy precepts. He's going to do them. He's going to do his part. Thy righteousness, because he's got zeal, right? My zeal hath consumed me, because my enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy righteousness, 42, is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. So there may be anguish and there may be trouble, but his word is our delight. It's the only stability that we really have. Thy righteousness and thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Ah, it's so good. 145. I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Yehovah, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevented the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according to thy loving kindness, O Yehovah. Quicken me, give me life according to thy judgment. Draw nigh that they draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Yehovah. All thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. And then you drop down to uh, verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And it has to be that way. Otherwise, we have a fickle, changing God, and he's not reliable, and we can't trust him. It has to be consistent. Oh, I love that. I love that section 145 to 152 because he's, you know, he's crying out unto God. He's asking for him to save him. He's, he, and he's saying, you know, I'm in this terrible rough spot, but I'm going to hold on to thy word and I'm going to do it and I'm going to meditate. I'm going to follow thy law. 
153. Consider mine affliction. Deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Yehovah. Quicken me according to thy judgments. So you see how he keeps saying that. Quicken me. You know, give me life. Help me to have action. You know, quicken me according to thy judgments. You know, give me action in life according to thy judgments. Many are they that persecute, uh, are my persecutors and my enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. So you, you, you have this, this, you know, one side, the other side. He's, he's being attacked. He's being chased. There's all these things after him. There's all these things against him. But he's, and he's asking God, give me the power. Give me the energy and the life to be able to take action and do it. And he's not going to back down from keeping his testimonies. He won't decline. 158, I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Yehovah, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Ah, it's just good. It's just so good. (laughs) You know, and I know it's a lot to go through, and it's like every little verse is its own little statement, but I don't know. These are things we need to go through. All right, we're getting there. 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. So in other words, he doesn't, he doesn't turn around and find fault with God because things aren't going well for him. You know, oh, if God, whatever, why is this happening? You know, he says, no, princes are, princes are uh, persecuting me without a cause. My heart standeth in awe of your word. No factor, you know, he says, no big deal. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. But thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Whether it's seven times or not isn't really the point. It's, it's the idea that he lives a life where he uh, praises God because of his judgments. 156. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, that's pretty cool. Because why? Because there's consistency, there's foundation, and there's something that anchors us in life and in this world and in the walk that we have to do. And so we can, we can have peace. 166. Yehovah, I have hope for thy salvation. So there we go. That's the verse I was trying to find and talk about. He's hoped for thy salvation. He's opened for Yeshua and done thy commandments. You know, so he's hoping for salvation and he's doing the commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I've kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. 169. Let my cry come before thee, O Yehovah. Give me understanding according to thy word. You know, give me understanding according to thy word, not according to the world. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. All his commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation. He's always longing for it again. He's hoping for it. He's longing for it. Thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee. 
and let thy judgments help me. 176. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. I find that interesting. He goes astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. He doesn't, even though he goes astray, he still remembers them. He still knows them. Sin is still a conscious act. But he's asking God to come find him anyway, even though he screwed up. You know, and I love that because he knows that he strays. We all stray, but we remember his commandments and turn back to them. So, that's kind of it. I hope it was a blessing. I hope it was good. I thought it was awesome. You know, he, he meditates, he thinks on these things, but then he, it gives him understanding. He takes action, and that gives him more understanding. And he has the highs and the lows, and princes are after him. But it doesn't matter. He hopes in God's word anyway, and he's going to do it. And then he's going to walk it, and it's in his mind and his heart, and it's a light, and he's chosen to do right. And he's asking God to hear him. He's asking God to seek him. But he's going to hold on to his word and his hopes for that salvation as we hope for Yeshua to return again because we know that he will come and set things right. And so we long and wait for that day. So let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this Shabbat and this day and this section of Scripture that we get to read and meditate on and learn from. I just pray that you would instill it in our hearts and our minds that we would just continue to walk it out and not forget these precepts and that you would give us strength and give us wisdom and that you would lead us in your paths um, that we would be able to navigate in amidst this chaos of the diaspora in which we live and that we can shine a light and be a light and I thank you that your word uh, is true from the beginning and forever and that we can grab hold of that and know that um, because all would be lost without that. So I just thank you for these things. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.